was never pushed down the uni route by my parents, thank God. Um, because if I never went, it would just be for the sake of going. Mm. Because at that period, I didn't even know what I liked doing, let alone what I wanted to be for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, and to get in that amount of debt as well scared me, especially not knowing what I wanted to do. Um, left college with nothing, basically. So I left college with absolutely nothing, didn't know what I wanted to do. The only time I'd get joined, the only time I'd enjoy myself was when I was out and about with my friends. Um, which happens to a lot of people, it happened to a lot of people I know. In 1837, Horace Mann created the education system, a system at the time designed to pump out factory workers and professors, the same system that is still being used today in the 21st century. Now, Mann's system is backfiring. We are being moulded by the same industrial system that has existed for close to 200 years. That system delivers us into a digital economy that has no need of our outdated skills. This isn't our teacher's fault. This isn't the government's fault. This is due to a rapidly changing world full of technology and unforeseen circumstances. And us Gen Zs are caught in the middle. Welcome to the Driven Young Podcast, the podcast for stressed, overwhelmed young Australians, teaching you practical life skills you can implement now to set yourself up in life. And now your host, Byron Dempsey. Welcome back to the Driven Young Podcast. Today is another amazing episode with a good mate of mine, Ryan Harrington, aka That Diet Geezer. That Diet Geezer is an online coach on a mission to empower people to break their limiting beliefs and realize they can achieve whatever they want in this life. As you will hear in this episode, he came about this after losing 23 kilograms in less than 18 months, not through some fancy fad diet, but through mindset, self-education, and a coach. I really love the opening to this. When Ryan shares his story, you can hear him get very, very emotional. He retells his story of giving up his dream to become a pro footballer, to partying, doing drugs, and drinking four nights a week for six years straight. It is a really awesome story, and I think it is so relatable because so many people out there fall into this trap, and I hope you all take away some valuable information. In this episode, we get into Ryan's story, how he got sucked into the party lifestyle for so long, and how his life became muddled. We talk about the importance of traveling, why mentors are so important, personal development, poverty, the 530 Club, which is how we met, how he lost so much weight in such a short amount of time, how one book completely changed his life, and so much more. As per usual, guys, if you enjoy this episode, please reach out and let Ryan know. He would love to receive your messages. The same goes with me. Shoot me through a DM. I would love to have a chat. Just a reminder, I've set up a buy me a coffee link in the bottom of the description if you wanted to help support this show. And if you haven't already, make sure you leave a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. It only takes one minute and it will really, really help me out. Now, over to Ryan. Ryan, welcome so much to the podcast. Thank you very much, mate. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, we've been trying to get you on for a, a few weeks now, but really excited. Yes, mate. Finally here. And finally here. I'm ready to go, mate. Yeah, awesome. So before we get into the meat of the conversation, mm-hmm. love to know a little bit about yourself, you know, what you did after high school, you yep. know, your, your kind of journey from, you were just talking about, I guess, 16 yep. to like where you are now and, you know, what's happened through there and what are you currently up to? Yeah, no problem at all. So as I explained earlier, so I was playing a high level of sport for my whole like my whole childhood was sport, 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 sport. Um, ended up playing for Brighton Hove Albion Football Club uh, for about three years, uh, playing for Sussex, playing for my county cricket team as well. So very, very busy as a teenager. That dream got taken away from me um, at 16, as it does for a lot of lads, uh, a lot of people of similar ages. So your dream's taken away from you. And that was shattered my self-belief shattered my confidence now looking back 
Um, and that was just at a time as people start getting into the party scene, mm. pretty much. Um, so we went from very good at playing football to very good at partying, mm. very good at drinking, very good at going out, very good at taking drugs. Um, and then for the next sort of six, seven years, that's what it was really. Um, didn't really have many passions, didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, I went to college um, and I chose sport, biology and chemistry, sat in my chemistry class like, I do not belong here, mm. um, ended up doing psychology and ICT and then just didn't care, just didn't care because I was going out three, four times a week, uh, socialising, drinking, partying with my friends and was never pushed down the uni route by my parents, thank God. Um, because if I never went, it would just be for the sake of going. Mm. Because at that period, I didn't even know what I liked doing, let alone what I wanted to be for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, and to get in that amount of debt as well scared me, especially not knowing what I wanted to do. Um, left college with nothing, basically. Sat, um, I had one exam the second year and I went to the casino the night before. <laughs> Um, give my mates a lift there end up going in spending the money uh, yeah. off the lift as you do as I do as you do and then uh, sat my exam and failed it so I left college with absolutely nothing didn't know what I wanted to do um, and the only time I'd get joined the only time I'd enjoy myself was when I was out and about with my mm. friends um, yeah. which happens to a lot of people it happens to a lot of people I know um, I was at a point where I had the opportunity to go travelling very much out of the blue, hadn't planned on it, always something in the back of my head that I wanted to do. Um, and I actually remember a conversation with my cousin, actually. Uh, he was 30 at the time with two kids, and he said, Ryan, the one thing I would... I would, The one thing I wish I'd done is go travelling. Mm. Because I'm, too, I'm 30 years old with two kids now, and I can't go. Mm. And I know that my personality is, if I didn't go, I'd regret it. Yeah. So I had the opportunity to go to Thailand Southeast Asia with my brother and then through to Australia um, and I jumped and I quit my job six weeks later left um, and absolutely loved it mm. absolutely loved it I travelled around Southeast Asia again drinking and, part, drinking and partying not really doing as much culture but it just gave me that insight into the rest of the world I was out the bubble yeah the London oh the I guess England bubble, London. Yeah. yeah yeah very close to London very similar a lot of places in England they might be they're all very very similar places very similar mindset yeah um, it's the same as Australia though like there's very little we're very diverse but very little culture here because we're only 150 years, 200 years old or so yeah there's no you know big old buildings and everything everything's just mm. here and especially we're in such a bubble because everything's 10,000 kilometres away yeah so I know exactly what you mean like if you don't get to explore that I think you can be very stuck you can be and I think that you are bound people are victim their surroundings I think you people where you grow up, the people around you and the family, the friend you have a very similar worldview. And that's no fault of anyone's. It's just because you are your tribe mm. and people live, people, your parents will live in a certain place for a certain reason. That's did their parents um, with their community and their friends who their friends are with. And they, you tend to have a very similar mind view of a worldview as your tribe. Mm. Um, so having that experience at a young age and going away and seeing the world for what it is and in, speaking to people from different cultures and different walks of life massively opened my eyes at the age of 19 it's quite young to go away I spent yeah three months in Thailand three months in Asia um, 
you see the poverty there as well. Oh yeah, it's it's insane, isn't it? Absolutely insane. It's heartbreaking at times. Good perspective for us. Brilliant, yeah. brilliant. Where I live, you don't see it. Mm. Very little crime, very little poverty. Mm. Uh, everyone's comfortable. But then you've got your own problems at home, haven't you? But then you see the problems that they have and it doesn't compare. And you go, wow, what am I complaining about? Exactly that. Um, got the opportunity to come to Australia. Um, spent a year doing my farm work. So I've done banana farming up in Innisfar, which oh, yeah, is an yeah. experience. Backpacking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, travelled the East Coast, lived in Melbourne. Um, and I came back a different person. To my friends, I was the same person. Still the same lot, still the same... Um, st- still the same attitude at the pub still going out drinking and partying with my mm. friends but something inside of me was different and it was that the world's a much bigger place than what I thought it was mm. and I left Australia with the intention of coming back because I knew I wanted to spend more time here at the time being British you can't we do have the problem of visas um, and you have to have a skill yeah a skill that is a skilled visa you need yeah which I understand doesn't make it easy for us, but I went home, was a real estate agent for two years, ready to come back and work in recruitment, and that's what I've done. Um, but obviously experiencing living on the other side of the world at a young age and realising how big the world was, when I was was at home, I had itchy feet. I was like, this, there's more to life than just getting a job, going to work, going home, going out the weekends and doing it all over again. Yeah. You go out with your weekends and you wake up on a Monday feeling terrible. Tuesday, you're still feeling rough. Wednesday, you're feeling slightly better. Thursday, you feel nearly there. Come Friday again, do it all over again. Mm. And the li- that lifestyle just scared the hell out of me because I was constantly thinking, what more, what more, what more, what more? I felt trapped. So then I jumped on a plane and came back. And here you are. And here I am, yeah. And so you were—you said you were going out like three or four times a week at yeah. one point. Mm-hmm. That's going out like, what, big nights? Yeah, 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 yeah. So in in college, it was Tuesday nights because they're cheap drinks. Mm. And it's it's Tuesday night. And then Thursday, every Thursday we'd be out Sorry, because yeah. everyone else is out on Thursday. And then it's Friday and then it's Saturday. And you do it all over again. Far out. How do you maintain that? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Scraping <laughs> the barrel, mate. Scraping the barrel. Doing everything. All, every single penny I earned. I was about to say, the yeah. money alone. Yeah. Every single penny I earned was to go out with. You're drinking and doing drugs every night? Uh, I wouldn't say doing drugs every night, but drinking every night, yeah. He- heavy drinking every night, yeah. which is expensive. Yeah. Like, it's... It's know. an expensive lifestyle partying. Yeah. Yeah, but... I, do you know what? It's one of those things. When So what happened was I got to a point where it all caught up with me. So I got on the scales at just after Christmas in 2019. New Year, two, January 2019. So we're in 2020 now. So I started last year after about nine months of boozing pretty much nearly near enough every day because I lived in Darwin mm. so I don't know if the listeners know much about Darwin as a backpacker but the only thing there to do is drink so you're drinking four or five times a week fire out and that was that was just a lifestyle I was working as a travel agent uh, a backpacker travel agent so I was hosting Boozy Bingo on a Thursday night at a hostel getting paid in alcohol mm. um, and don't get me wrong I had a good time I had a good time but I neglected my health yeah something's got to give 
you can't push yourself, you can't do these things to the level that you do. I was doing them out, and a lot of people do do them out, and it not have detrimental effects to your health, well, physical look, and mental. I don't know if you saw, but today, the day we're filming this, mm. Diego Maradona just passed away. Yes. We know he, he had quite a, a party-heavy lifestyle. Yes, you know? I did see that. He's only 60 years old. Mm. Six zero, not yeah. very old. No, not at all. Very young for someone to die. Heart attack as well. Was it? Yeah. It just goes to show, doesn't it? It catches up with everyone. Yeah. It catches up with everyone. If you neglect your health long enough, it's going to catch up with you. Luckily, mm. I was at the point where I was 24 years old. Um, I was just starting a new job, which is a good opportunity for me. In my head, it was a good opportunity for me to completely change my Reset. Routine. Reset. Yeah, yeah. Um, invested in a coach um, who was a friend of mine from home who had always been in the gym. I tried fat diet after fat diet. I tried the, the every single diet, the... The media brought out, low carb, intermittent fasting, keto, mm. all these things that everyone knows and everyone thinks that the best best way to go about it mm. because that's what the mainstream media tell us to do. Um, and then invested in a coach, he just he educated me around flexible dieting, which is the method that I've used now and what I coach my clients on, a way of educating yourself around nutrition, educating yourself on food. So you can do what you want. So you can eat the food you like, Live the lifestyle you want because you understand it. Mm. Because you understand it, it is a science with calories and energy balance. And the more you know, the more you can build it into your lifestyle and the lifestyle you want to live. And yeah, do the best of both worlds pretty much. And that's where my, that's where my journey started. Fast forward 18 months. I will say that. So when I, when I changed my diet, I started, it's that basic human need, isn't it? You're eating. Hmm. Yeah. When I started doing that properly, I started feeling better about myself physically, which gave me more energy yep. to train at the gym. Hmm. Because I had more energy and I had a different mindset, thinking I'm going to make it work regardless of how long it takes. I'm not going to adopt the quick fix. I had the wobbles. I speak to my coach. He's like, Ryan, trust the process. Trust the process. And started getting momentum in my fitness goals which kind of flipped a switch inside me because where I'd lost all my self-belief and confidence in myself, I'd feel, I'd feel the anxious going out and I'd feel every time I'd be out, I'd feel like I'm overweight, so I'd just mm. get pissed and forget about it. Yeah, yeah. Drink um, your problems away. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I feel like, actually, do you know what? I can, I'm actually, I can do this. I didn't go to college. So I didn't think I was academic. Well, well because I failed at college, mm. I felt like I wasn't academic. It was yeah. a limiting belief I had about myself. I was going to say, you're the limiting belief, yeah. Massively. Mm. Massively. I'd, I'd always look at pictures like, I wish I could do that. I wish I could lose that weight. I wish I could have a transformation picture. And those limiting beliefs about my body rippled out into every single aspect of my life, mm. which subconsciously, now I'm more conscious of them and aware of them. But at the time, because I couldn't get on top of my body, I couldn't get on top of anything. And this is the thing, right? People, I think we've been conditioned to think, let's lose weight to look good for other people or to feel confident in ourselves. But really, eating healthy and losing weight is so much more than just looks. You know, as you mentioned, if you can get a good diet and eat healthy, you're going to have more energy, which means you can go gym, which means you can lose weight, which means you're more confident to go out, which means you're, you know, that confidence radiates when you're in meetings and in work and everything just ripples apart. And it can just start from having better health problems, you know, better health habits. Exactly that. I think where I got momentum in my body, it was kind of like a flip switch. Uh, flip to switch. Okay, what else can I do? And then I picked up a book 
Um, it was called So Good They Can't Ignore You. Hmm. And it was all about how to find your dream job, why, why, why skills trump passion. Um, and I read it and it changed my life because I could read it. I was like, I actually understand this. And then I read Growth and then I read Mindset by Carol Dweck and understand the difference between a fixed and growth mindset. Mm. And that's when I was like, do you know what? I can do anything I want. Mm. I might not be as good as this guy and he's a lot further than me, but all I've got to do is hard, all I've got to do is start. Mm. And I'm not going to be very good. At, I'm not going to be good when I start, but if I turn up every day, I'll get better and I'll get mm. better and I'll get better. And that's why fitness and diet principles have the same effect in life principles. Small daily habits, small incremental steps compound over time. Mm, that's what that's how, that's how they say. How do you achieve a goal? Mm-hmm. Small steps compounded over time. And that's what it is. And diet, fitness, goals, repetition, repetition, repetition. It's exactly the same. Mm. And then obviously once I got into that, really didn't think, do you know what? I didn't think I was academic, but I'm actually enjoying this. I'm going to bed. I've read about 25 books in the last sort of two years. Or 18 months. I've listened to 30, 40 now on Audible. Mm. And I'm addicted to growth. Mm. Now I've seen the progress, changed my diet, changed my life. The ripple effect of that has affected every single aspect of my life. Yeah. And now my core value is growth now. Because I've come so far, it's a challenge. Like, what, what else can I do? What else can I do? Mm. What else can I do? And that's why I do what I do now because. I've been in a place where I was overweight, I was unhappy, I had a fixed mindset and I was unfulfilled because I didn't know what I wanted to do mm. because I was half pissed, all the, I was half drunk all the time and I never actually felt good. Mm. That's the thing, you're going to feel sluggish. You're going out every week. Not only the, the money involved in going out three, four times a week, the time involved, like you're not going to have any time to do anything else besides just work. Yeah. Like you don't have time to go out or work on a project or anything on the side. Like, to, And I think... If I've got listeners who are 15, 16, 17, 18, and they haven't started experiences, as soon as you turn 18 in Australia, obviously people are kind of drinking from 16 onwards, yeah. depending on you know where you are. But once you hit 18, ever it starts to go downhill. That's when you can <laughs> you can start drinking. Your metabolism's going to start slowing down. You you start everyone stops playing sport. Yep. Stop playing sport. You start drinking. You start if you've moved out, you're now probably eating like crap because you're not yeah. getting home cooked meals. It's just a, a shitstorm of everything hitting you at once. And it's a trap. You've got to be really careful that you don't get caught in this trap. It as, is. as you say, you do. and I was on the impression, which most people are, you leave college, you leave school, thinking you know everything. Mm. No, not at all. <laughs> and where I've studied a lot of sort of entrepreneurship books, business books, self development books, every single person that I want to be is self taught. Mm. It's the people who think I don't need anyone to tell me what to do. I'm going to find it out for myself. Yeah. I'm going to look for the resources. I'm going to read the books, read the studies, find coaches. It's what Tony Robbins says, isn't it? Success leaves clues. Mm. Figure out who you want to be, figure out who's already done it and copy them. Yeah. That's my problem with learning business in university. You're learning from professors who have never left the education sector. Mm. Why would you want to learn about how to run a business from someone who's never run a business? Yeah. Obviously, like Harvard and those top schools are a bit different because they can bring in like top yeah. business leaders. But the everyday university doesn't do that. And same with like mechanic teachers. I've used this example before. My mechanic t- mechanical teacher, yeah. he worked for 20, 30 years before he became a teacher. He's yeah. great. Yeah. But he's saying the teachers that are coming after him are book mechanics. Or they've only they've gone from high school. Now they've studied mechanical and engineering and yeah. stuff. Now they're going to teach it. And it's like, oh. Or 
when we were doing this, everything went wrong. Yeah. When you're working on old cars, old bikes, everything goes wrong. You need to have experience to be able to get to that. I mean, we'll see how it goes, but I think it's so much valuable. You want to learn from people who have done it or mm-hmm. are where you want to be. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why like with myself as a coach now, I can resonate with my clients mm. because I've been there. Yeah. I've felt, I know what it feels like to be unhappy and think that like, you can't achieve much. You haven't got the self-belief to achieve when what I firmly believe to my core is that every single person has so much untapped potential they just need to figure out what they want to do. And mm-hmm. then once they, because like when you go, when you go to, when you, what I had a thought the other day, it was like, you get told things at school. You don't want to learn it. You get told it. Yeah. You memorize Pair. it. Yeah. Merit. And things your parents tell you, you get told. You don't ask them for advice. Well, you sometimes you do, but often they tell you, they just tell you things. You mm-hmm. need to do this, you need to do that. And then as you grow older and you start exploring your passions and you start, doing the things that you want to do because you actually want to do them. Mm. Not because you're getting told to, not because someone's forcing you to do it, because you're actually interested in it. Mm. And that's when you can, your, your abilities will skyrocket because you can invest everything into that. Your attention isn't elsewhere because you know yeah. you want to do it. Isn't it crazy that we often don't experience that until we're like early 20s? Mm. If, like our entire childhood, we won't experience that. It's just, mm. We're just conditioned to think, oh, we've just got to do it because we have to do it. Yeah. It's like, oh, I've never done anything I've actually genuinely loved. My first experience of that was when I was 11, yeah. and we we told we had to make a, a movie out of yeah. our favorite book. And me and my friends, okay. we went and we filmed a little fight scene from our favorite book. I was, that was the first time I started on iMovie. I was editing it. I was having the best time of my life. Yeah. I remember how addicted I was to editing. I watched it over and over and over again. And I was like, that's kind of, oh, this is what actually working towards something you enjoy is. I'd never really experienced that. Everything else was a chore. Yeah. Spelling, homework, math. I hated all of that. I just, I just had to do it because I had to do it for some reason. Exactly and that. And you do what you're told. And that's the thing as well. You, you are naturally, when you're, it's like your skills as well, isn't it? Like you, with the schools at the moment, the school systems, you're taught how to fit in. Mm. You're taught how to fit in um, because if you got told that you can do whatever you wanted to do, you just need to put in the hard work, figure it out and do it. It'd be chaos. Mm. People wouldn't do what they meant. People wouldn't do as they're told mm. because I don't need to do that. You're telling me to do something I don't need to do and mm. I don't want to do it. So why would I do it? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, hundred percent. And that's a big problem. I mean, school is that image of, um, image of like a, a machine and they put all these bright rainbow colored kids, creativity going to the machine and they come out black and white yeah. and they're in suits and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously that's probably a bit, ancient but it's still kind of relevant today 100 percent. and there's a thing it's a funny thing that when you hear something and you you consciously you're aware of it and then it keeps popping up raz we call it reticular activating system in your brain okay so it's actually a part of your brain it's the example is if you get some new shoes and you start seeing everyone wearing the same shoes you get a new car or you get this type of branding car my my dad and i we both had saabs which are very unique cars. they're bankrupt now so they're not very rare, but we we see them everywhere. Yeah. I'll be driving my family. My dad will be like, bang. Oh, there's one. Yeah. Cause yeah car, so something. your reticular activating system. Yeah. And that's why if you can actually train your reticular activating system like you are now to look yeah. for, you know, positivity and mm-hmm. like-minded people and look for those. That's a growth mindset. Yeah. Is by training that RAS in your yeah. brain. And that's some, interesting. Yeah. So that's science. Right? Yeah. It's so true as well. I think what keeps popping up for me recently is that um, – as a kid growing up, you had naturally, when you're in play mode as a kid, before you are, before these social norms are forced upon you, this is how you should behave, mm. you do what you want to do. Yeah. 
And it keeps popping up like, okay, as a young age, I was playing sport. I was into running around. Um, I was, as I grew up, I was interested in PE, biology and psychology. Mm. Then I started drinking and I just didn't care about it. But now as I've got over that phase of drinking all the time, I still drink. Do you know what I mean? I still yeah, enjoy yeah. myself. You still but have like social drinks. And- my, my passions now align with all of those. Mm. Where I went through this blurred phase. So obviously I'm an online coach. So I love my fitness. I'm an, I'm a certified nutrition coach and the mm. biology interests me. Mm. And I read all the personal development and they're all psychology books. And that's what you teach to your clients. Yeah. Like but that's what I grew up loving. Yeah. But then the, the period of drinking so much just blurred my mind, just, just numbed it all out for me. Mm. Which is what alcohol does. It numbs mm. the pain. It numbs yeah. everything. And as you mentioned, like we're not saying don't go out and drink. We're saying don't go out and drink four times a week and, and lose your whole life <laughs> exactly and put your that. whole identity in it. Exactly that. And like that's what I want to do and what I want to achieve. I want to make sure people have the – what it is, it's you need to you need to make your mind up. You need to make your own decision on your, your values and beliefs. Mm. What do you want? Because everyone, everyone has different values and beliefs. Exactly. Yeah. Everyone has different values and beliefs and wants different things. Mm. And everyone's lives are different. Opportunities are different. And it's a base of understanding, okay, what do you actually want? What do you want from life? What do you want to achieve? Because a lot of people don't even sit down and think about it. Mm. I was having a chat with my mum yesterday. She was like, I never once sat down and asked myself, what do you actually want to do? Mm. It was always a case of tick the box that we spoke about earlier. Go to leave school, go to college, study at college to go to uni, mm. f- finish uni, get a job to cover the bills, get a house because everyone else is doing it, mm. have kids. Get, get a new car. Exactly that. Hmm. Not once do they actually sit down and think, what do I actually want? Then you have another kid, then you upgrade your house. Then you have another kid, then you upgrade your car. And the regression to mean, isn't it? Yeah. Three and months, three months, down the, you buy a new car, three months down the line, you're used to it again and you want a new one. Yeah. And if, oh, so many, it's my worst nightmare, that. Mm. I've, I put out, I've spoken about this exact thing quite a few times. Yeah. I put out content on TikTok and stuff. Yeah. People, our Gen Z millennials, we're terrified of that. Yeah. And fair enough, I don't want to do that. I hate... I love the idea of every day I, I get up at five o'clock and I go to this and then I go into the office and I go to the gym. I love that routine, mm-hmm. but I don't like being able to know where I'll be in 20 years. Yeah. I love not knowing where I'm going to be in six months or a year. Every yeah. 12 months for me is so different. Yeah. And I love yeah, that. Yeah. Uncertainty, there's beauty and uncertainty, right? Exactly. I've always been someone that likes change and sat in, used to be in an office environment and people sat next to me like, oh, I hate change. I'm like, it's exciting. Yeah, I love it. But I thought that was just, I thought that was common, but then I'll sit around with people and they hate it. It's other generations. Like, mm. they're getting you an update on their iPhone. I'm, I'm having play. Yeah, let's see what the air is. They're going, oh, how do I open my camera? It's like, yeah. people just hate change. And, and that's I, it. I think it's just the way, you know, the older generation's are conditioned and we've been conditioned the opposite way. Yeah. We've been conditioned to want change. And we've seen, I think, travel's never, well, it was never cheaper until COVID. We'll see how that affects it. Yeah. Um, and so my grandma was saying, like, her and her, my granddad in 1995 when traveling for six months cost me 50 grand. Mm. You could do that for five or 10 now. Yeah. Because it's Airbnbs, you know, you, you can, you can make ways of doing it. Yeah. Make friends around the world, backpacking. It's, it's a small world, isn't it? I mean, it's yeah. a connected world. So that's mm. what, that, I think that's a good thing to come out of COVID. The world realizes how small the world actually is. Mm. With Zoom, like everyone was in the, so obviously being from the UK, people on Zoom chats, their family and friends spoke to their family and friends more than ever. Mm. Isn't it interesting? And it was like, you could have always done that. Yeah. Zoom was there before. Yeah. But all of a sudden it took a pandemic for us to realise that. And that's, it's the best thing that's ever happened to me because it, I was a recruiter 
in my head, I was a recruiter. Um, and I read a book called Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. A classic, yeah. Um, and it got to the mission statement part. And I was like, oh, come on. Like, I don't, I don't, I'm reading, which is enough for me. I'm not really good. I'm not going to do the exercises. Mm. I was like, Joe, what's good? I'll do it. And it asked you questions such as, like, what do you want people to say about you at your funeral? Oh, the deep eulogy? Qu- yeah, deep yeah, questions. Yeah. And, and obviously you write your mission statement down. And one thing that I wrote down and I was like, that is ex- that I couldn't put. That's exactly what I want. And it was a freedom to, it was a flexibility to work anywhere in the world through helping people hmm. because fulfillment comes through service. Same as what Tony Robbins says. Human needs. Yeah. Contribution. Give, give, give. Yeah. One um, of six human needs. Exactly that. So I was thinking if I can, if I can do that, I'll be happy. And then I went through a period with COVID. I couldn't, with my visa status, it's a bit complicated. I was in a period where I couldn't leave my job because my visa wouldn't allow it. Yeah. And I couldn't, and I couldn't leave the country mm. because I wouldn't be able to get back in because of my visa. Mm. So I was at a point where I, I had no freedom. And it's one of those things you don't value something until it's gone. Right. Yeah. I, had, I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. I was trapped and I hated it. And I hated it. And then the opportunity to become, to start coaching and start that geezer, which I'm doing with my friends. It, a second, the second the thought popped into my head, my mind was racing because of that. It gave me the opportunity to have everything I wanted. Mm. The freedom to work anywhere in the world through serving people and serving people where I had been personally. Yeah. So you know what they're going through. Yeah. And, and that's the thing about self-education. Like if I didn't read that book, I would never be there. Mm. I'd be in a, I'd be, I'd still be in recruitment. I'd be, I wouldn't mind it. I didn't mind it. This is what we call the enemy of a great life is a good life. Mm. And you had a good life. You're yeah. living a six out of 10 life. Yeah. But yeah, you yeah. Were, so you're comfortable enough to not leave, but you're not hurting enough to leave either. It's not a two out of 10. It's a six out of 10. Yeah. That's dangerous. Mm-hmm. And so many people in Australia or England or America, these developed countries live a six out, seven out of 10 life. And it's just, they don't, by living that, they don't stretch themselves to live a great life. Yeah. Because in order to achieve a great life, you've got to work hard. And you've got to, you know, you've got to put in the work. I think I saw a quote. It was like, you either live an easy, li- uh, take an easy route and live a hard life or take a hard ro- route and live an easy life or something like that. Yeah. And it's like, that's so true. You it take is a, true. Take an easy life now, which is, you know, not working hard or doing the, doing the minimum, getting your paycheck and yeah. stuff. And it's probably going to bite you in the ass when you're 50, 60, 70. Yeah. It's the same old story for a lot of people, isn't it? Mm. You think you get, you get yourself a decent job. You go there, you come home, you chill out in front of the TV, you wait for the weekends, yeah. and you blow, you blow steam at the weekends. Mm. And then you repeat. And rinse and repeat, rinse and yeah. repeat. And then, like you said, 30, 40 years later, you think, is this it? Mm. Is this it? And it's not for, for, for a lot of people that is all it's going to be. For most people, that's for all it's going to be. And look, if you love the idea of that stability... My only advice would just be make sure you're smart with your money. Like, <laughs> just save and be smart. Don't, you know, if you're going to live that lifestyle. Don't go drinking four times a Yeah, week. yeah, yeah. If you're going to live <laughs> that lifestyle, be smart with your money. And, um, yeah, but I, I, we're talking about this on the last episode, the freelance model. People are leaning towards what exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Where they can freelance, they've got a bit more time, they're able to have a bit more freedom, which is what this generation wants. Yeah. We don't want to be stuck in an office for nine to five. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, again, what are the ch- Parkinson's law, right? Yeah. Parkinson's law states that any amount of time, we will find time to fill it. Yeah. So we've got a week to do something. We'll find, you know, 
way to do that in, the, in exactly a week. If you give someone else two days to do it, they'll probably do it within two days. Exactly that. It's last minute, handing your exams at last minute. Exactly. And so work gives us a 40-hour work week, which means we're going to take 40 hours to do it. And as Tim Ferriss said in the four-hour work week, which, by the way, was written in 2005, 15 years ago. Really? Yeah. 15 years ago. He's ahead of his time, right? Yeah, completely. Like he he points out, like meetings are a waste of time. You could get a 40-hour work week. Most people could probably do it in 20. Yeah. If we're being real. Yeah. If you use your your time wisely, you could do it in 20. Well, I was in my, I was sat in my office in recruitment and I'd, be, I'd just be there for the sake of being there. Yeah. It's like, especially with people working from home now, the whole work from home movement, I think it's going to be brilliant for people's work-life balance. I agree. A lot of my friends in office roles and corporate world would rather take the pay cut, work four days a week and have a better life balance, work-life balance. Yeah. And then earn their money on commission, mm. which I think is a brilliant idea. Because you're there just for the sake of being there. You're scrolling through social media. Yeah. You're chatting to colleagues. You're just going through the motions because you're not passionate about it. Yeah. And then when you are passionate about something, you're constantly in a state of flow. Mm. Time doesn't exist when you're, when you're doing something you're passionate about, time absolutely flies and it doesn't feel yeah. like work. You know what you would have had? And this is what I feel like a lot of people were had. A lot of people when starting the business like you, I think, will have a job and then do it on the side. Mm-hmm. And they'll be like, they hate that we've got to go do the job. But when they're doing their side stuff, it's so much fun. Yeah. Like it's like me with a podcast. When I'm working on podcast stuff, I'm like, yeah. And then I go do my marketing stuff, my clients. I'm like, all right. I don't hate it. Yeah. But, you know, it's not as enjoyable as working on that that stuff, which is, you know, giving me growth. Yeah. And it, this go, that goes back to the 530 Club that we're both involved in. Yeah. Um, which is the... F- Brilliant initiative. So good. I cannot tell you the amount of momentum that I made from surrounding myself with like-minded people. Neither. Um, and I would go to 5.30. I'd bounce off everyone there. I'd love the conversation with everyone there. The energy would be amazing. It'd get to 7 o'clock and I'd be gutted because I have to go to work. Yeah. But oh, I've got to go to my real job. Mm. And I'd sit there and my mind would be at a million different things apart from my actual job. Mm. And I was sat there, I don't want to be here anymore. And also, like, as someone who's employing, you don't want to employ no, someone like that. No. And they they never said it to me, but they could see it in me. They could yeah, see yeah. it in my behavior, yeah. my attitude. Um, and it was just a massive, massive shift because I knew what I'm, it's kind of like when you figure it out, there's no ifs or buts. There's no ifs or buts of what you should be doing because mm. I completely alignment. From the minute I spoke to my friend about that geezer and our what we want to achieve with that geezer to promote better mental physical health of um people that have been in our situation before it's complete alignment and mm. i'm not a, and i wasn't a spiritual person but i had this weird sensation that my stars were aligning like, this is really such a strange feeling because you hadn't every, experienced it before everything that i've been doing now mm. makes sense to me mm. Because like that book I was telling you about, the so good they can't ignore you, is exactly that. So rather than telling someone, find your passion, find your passion, find your dream job. So, great. You've told, told me at 18, I think, I don't have a clue what I'm doing. Yeah, it's, it doesn't help me it's that. vague. doesn't help me that because I don't have a clue what I like. Mm. And it flips on its head. It's like, okay, let's reverse engineer it. Let's look at these people in across all different facets of work, the people that love their job, and figure out how they love their job. How do they get to a place where they love their job? Mm. And... It was a case of find a job that you don't mind doing that's going to give you enough money to live the lifestyle you want. And while you're there, get good at it because you're there going to be you're going to be there eight hours a day anyway. Mm. So you might as well work hard while you're there. That's true. If you're going to be there, work hard, you know, make 
because you you never know if you work hard they might when you quit your job they might give you a good reference they might introduce you to someone like i said at school like if yeah. even i didn't enjoy school the workload but still you're going to be there six hours a day put in the work you might exactly well. that and it's a case of if you get good at a job you can demand more autonomy from that job yes which will benefit you down the line mm. having autonomy across your work schedule and working at the cutting edge well if you're pushing a field in a particular direction you generally get fulfillment from that because you are leading an industry leader mm. an expert within your field um but while you're doing that explore go traveling mm. try different things just explore 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 do all these things that you think I might like it. I might again. It's a fixed growth mindset. You're never going to be good at something when you first start it. Mm. But if you do something, actually, I quite like that. Get better at it. Mm. Upskilling it. Learn about it. And then, rather than having the mentality of "Okay, this is going to be my career," just do it because you love doing it. This would go the audience and none. What would you do to an audience and none of no people? If yeah. you were to, you know, if you were to do something for a year and no one watched you or listened. What would you do? Exactly that. And it's that they say about your passions. What do you talk about? What are the things when you feel most fulfilled and inspired? And what you do? What do you find yourself talking about? And it's the things you love doing. Mm. Um, and then once you've found that, and these, you build up these small wins, you build up these small wins, incremental steps, repetition again, mm. you will slowly start to be able to learn how to commercialize it. And then once you figure that out, then you have to, then the hard work starts. You've got your job. You've got your income. You need to work hard as you can. You need to work harder than anyone else in the room to build your, your side project, your side hustle, to the point where you can, where you're at a point where you can make a shift, and you know that if you can give the time that you're in your normal job to your side hustle, it would skyrocket. Mm. And that's and that's the way that the people, these people, do it. Yeah, you just have to work hard. Yeah, and a, a way to help that is what I'm doing right now is. I'm living a very cheap lifestyle, mm. which means I don't need a full-time job to survive because I don't make any money from this podcast. Yeah. I need to in 2021 if I want to survive. Yeah. Um, but I've got some money coming from a few clients here and there, but it's not much. But because I'm not spending much, mm. that means I can you know, make that sacrifice. I don't have to be working four or five days a week to pay massive amount of, amount of rent and everything else that comes with that. Exactly that. Exactly that. And it was one of those things. That, that was the first book I read. And... It had such a profound impact on me because I was just like all these, the more books I read, I was like, I'm not reading it because I'm thinking it's going to give me what going to give me my dream job. I'm thinking it because I want to read it. Mm. And then I've done my nutrition course. Not thinking I'd ever become a nutrition coach. I was sat in my office. Like I've got made lots of progress here in mentally. You can't, you can't measure it. There's no metric to measure yeah, yeah. your personal growth. Mental your competence, there's, no, there's no metric. Yeah. I knew I was progressing. Yeah. Um, I knew what I was talking about because I was losing weight. Um, How much weight did you lose? Three and a half stone. So What's 23 it? kilograms in 18 months. 23 kilograms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Out. So, and that's just education. What is, how much, how do we visualize? What's 23 kilograms? I'm trying to think. Oh, it's hard. It's, it's a, like my dog, who's a big dog. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. And I completely changed my physique and my mindset. It completely changed. Everything about me, it changed. Yeah. Um, and I was sat in the office. I was like, okay, everyone's talking about different things at the office. Um, talking about keto, Herbalife, all these fad diets. And I'd be there frustrated, but like, you don't know what you're talking about. You're just regurgitating what you've read in the paper mm. by someone that's trying to sell you a product. Which is marketing. Yeah. But then I was like, I've only read what I've read. Yeah, true. So I have no credibility. I can't sit here and argue with you because I've read something, you've read something. So I was like, mm. do you know what? I'm going to get, I'm going to, I like talking about it. 
I'm 24 years old. If I if I complete a nutrition coaching course now, I'm going to have those skills. I'm going to be healthy for the rest of my life. And also, you can give legal advice around health. Exactly. Because you need to be qualified. Otherwise, but, it's... But at the time, it was never about that. Mm. It was because I was... I liked it and I upskilled in it because I just because I liked it. Genuinely curious, exactly. which is what we say. Like if you if you can find something you're genuinely curious in, that's you know that's a good direction to head. We we're not yeah. saying you're going to find your purpose, but that's a good way to try find it. Exactly that. Something you're genuinely curious in. Exactly, and then I've done that, and then fast forward a year, I've just left my job in recruitment to pursue mm. a career in online coaching, mm. which is going to give me the flexibility to work in the world and through helping people who have been in the same pain I have. Mm. And if you reverse engineer it, it's because I followed the steps of that book mm. from the very first book I read. And if I never picked up that book, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be doing it. I wouldn't be having this conversation with you now. Mm. I wouldn't be part of the five thirty. And it's all from one book. Yeah. And that's the self. What we start at the start. Self education is massive for your own personal growth and success in every facet of life. Every single person I look up to and admire does self develop. Self mm. I feel like it can take a bit of a, a beating because it's a little bit cheesy. Yeah. I, I get that. Yeah. I totally get that. And we're not, I'm not saying read a book a week or every – just read yeah. a book that you enjoy. And if you really don't enjoy it, put it down and pick up another one or something. That's it. I mean, audiobooks, big fan of audiobooks and podcasts, obviously. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm at the gym while I'm driving to work and that sort of stuff. Kill two birds with one stone sort of thing. Bubble, bubble, yeah. Yeah, that's why I love that. Um, but, yeah, I just think it's – information is everywhere – Honestly, you'd be foolish not to take it. And obviously, anyone who's hearing this is not a fool because you're listening right now yeah. and you're taking that self-education. I'll give you a heads up. I've had 14, I've got a 14-year-old girl who messaged me saying she listens to the show. Mm. So there are kids, 13, 14. At this event I was at, I'm told I'm a part of, called Empower You. Yeah. There's tw- two 12-year-old kids at this personal development event. Yeah. So like the people are getting in early. And these people, man, if they're getting in early, imagine if you started this when you were like oh. 15, 14. Yeah, be game changer. That it needs to be. It needs to be. That's where the school system so important as well. Like yeah. all this stuff, this practical world advice needs to be taught. Yeah. Like I said, if I wouldn't, don't get me wrong, I am who I am now because of what he's experienced. Yeah, but you could have shortcutted that. Yeah, absolutely. And credit to you, mate. Being twenty-two years old, you're well ahead of the game. Mm. Yeah, the most mature twenty-two-year-old I've ever met. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, and I get told I'm mature and I'm twenty-five. Yeah. No, it's. It's interesting you say that because I can tell you an 18-year-old who's probably more mature than me. Like, yeah. I know a few 18-year-olds who are just like, you know, age is just a number in that scenario. She's got, she has a maturity of like a 30-year-old. Yeah. You mean, she's 18. I know people who are 27 who are, don't have her maturity. Yeah. Like, well, there's something I used to say. It's age is a number, maturity is a choice. Mm, yeah, that's good. And it's true. I think you you can decide your attitude. I'll give you an example. Like, and I don't know if this is maturity, I'll see what you think, but like often say you're talking to a girl, or you're talking to a guy, and you're mm-hmm. like, hey, you're free this Saturday to go out. And I'll say, no, nah, I can't, sorry, I'm busy. I feel like that's what you should be saying if you genuinely you know, want to go out with this person and they ask you out. You should be saying, sorry, I can't go out Saturday night, but I'm free next week. Did you want to go then? Yeah. There's so many people I talk to, and it's not just girls, my friends as well. Yeah. They'll just say, hey, no, I'm, you know, I'm not busy. And they'll be like, oh, what about next week? Oh, yeah, I should do next week. And it never happens. And it's just like a sign of respect, I think. For yeah. the little, that's how my brain works, little minor stuff like that, stuff like showing up on time, yeah. putting in the work, being, you know, giving as much as I'm giving, that sort of thing. Yeah. I think it's just stuff like that that I, I pick up on and is a, yeah. and it's just, I don't know why. I think a lot of what I've you know I said with parents nowadays, I think one of the worst things you can do to kids is coddle them. Yeah. 
And I think parents are often a little bit too soft. You know, they'll they'll just give them the iPad. They'll just give them the PlayStation. They just, to, just to shut them up. Yeah. It's a, you know, they say the iPad's a new pacifier. Yeah. It's true, though, isn't it? Mike, I think I've got young cousins growing up, and I'd see them at family parties, and all they do is sat on, that, sat on their iPad playing. Yeah, it's sad, isn't it? Not in, it is sad. It is sad. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, I was just playing outside. I Sure, we play PlayStation. Me and yeah. my brother, I think we got like an hour a day. Yeah. You finish, you know, finish school at three o'clock. That means you've got like six hours. Mm. So only one of those six hours was PlayStation. Everything else was homework or running outside on the skateboard, on the scooter, yeah. breaking bones, mountain biking, yeah. all that stuff. And I look back, I'm so grateful for that. And even though it meant I probably hated my parents at some point because I couldn't yeah. go on the PlayStation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I look back as an adult and go, thank you for, you know, doing that to me. Yeah. No, massively, massively. I completely agree with that. And it's um, it's just distractions, isn't it? Mm. It's just, we live in a world of distractions. Yeah. Just constantly distracted, distracted by meaningless stuff. Mm. And parents are the initial coach, right? Oh, 100%. Like, massively. You, you, you don't realise like, how much they imprint their values and belief systems and worldview systems on you until you get older and you do some self-work and you actually realise, hang on, the reason why I think that, mm. the reason why I do that is because of because of this. Mm. And often it goes back to your parents. Yeah. And because you've spoken about coaching quite a bit, obviously it's been very beneficial for you. You're, you're now a coach. Yes. Um, it's actually something I thought you now I'd like to talk about a little bit because yep. is that the catalyst when you met that guy? Was it the book or was it this guy you met? It was, the, it was so... It was the first time the catalyst was me making the decision. Like I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna invest in myself properly. Mm. I'm gonna weigh up my values and thing. And now I value myself and my own personal growth over the money that I spent going out. And this the is when you spent- stepped on the scale. Yeah, this is when I and I finally admit to myself I was fat. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so I was in denial. Yeah, yeah. I was in denial, <laughs> um, and I was like, Do you know what? I don't care how much it costs. I know that the investment is going to, the return on investment is going to be immense. Yeah, massive, massive. And every time I've invested in a coach, I think I've had I've always had mentors to some degree. Um, in my professional in my professional life, I each job I've had that I've done well in, I've always had someone who I've resonated with, uh, sort of a line manager who's always mm. took me under his wing. Um, and always had that in my professional life, but not in my personal life. And mm. um, people just assume that you don't need a coach in your personal life. It's interesting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is very interesting. And I think the li- the term life coach has become very like, oh, everyone's a life coach, right? Yeah. And it's and so that's why people kind of like graze it off. But you know, Hugh Jackman has a coach. Everyone has a coach. He Conor, every Conor every Gregor's coach by yeah. Tony Robbins. He 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 texts his coach every morning, sort of thing. Yeah, everyone's got a coach, yeah. and I want a coach in every single facet of life. Now, I want a wealth coach. I want a yeah. health coach. I want a business coach. Every I if I had enough money, I'd have a coach in everything. Yeah, because and do you know why coaching is important? Because they can give you a blueprint. They and that's what you're going to do. Yeah, that's what you're doing with your clients. Yeah. You know, this podcast is a blueprint. We're giving you advice so you can skip five years of drinking yeah. and doing drugs every night. And follow the blueprint. Start reading yeah. books. Start listening to podcasts. Start doing that sort of stuff. And that's all it is. It's like the recipe for success isn't a, you don't. It's no ifs or buts or guesses. Mm. You meet someone that's been there. They tell you how to do it. You copy them. Yeah. And you work hard. Yeah. And you make sacrifices. And it's going to take a long time. Yeah. It's you have. And you're going to screw up. Yeah. And that's and that's the whole thing with success, isn't it? But how, how fair is your friend? It's a Nelson Mandela quote. I I never lose. I either win or learn. I talk about that a lot on the podcast. It's one of my favorite quotes. Yeah, and it's so it's so true. It's like every time you do, it's like the growth mindset thing. If you're mm. going to do it, you're going to screw up. And it, but it's not until you screw up that you learn. And that's mm. why I say to my clients, 
It's like, this is a long process. This isn't a 12-week shred program. Mm. This is a process to give you the skills so you don't ever have to use me again. Mm. We'll use it the first 12 weeks. If we do it in the first 12 weeks, great. After that, we'll figure it out after. But you don't learn until you feel firsthand the, re- the repercussions of failure. Mm. So in professional life, like when it cost you, I made a mistake when I was a real estate agent, it cost me a fortune worth of commission. I'm never going to do that again. Mm. And that's when it first hits on me. I'm like, you can get told these things. And yes, a coach will guide you like the cat eyes in the road. They'll guide you, they'll guide you the right direction, mm. but you're going to screw up. Yeah. Especially if you're young. Yeah. Like you're 16, 17, 18. You're going to yeah. screw up a lot. Yeah. I screwed up a lot. Everyone does. Man, I, I've made so many mistakes. Everyone even, does. Look at this. Even on this podcast, I've made mistakes and stuff. I yeah. Can, I continue to make mistakes and stuff, but you just keep going. And the, the quote is so important. It's so, so important. You don't mm. win or lose. You win or learn. Yeah. And what's it? there was another one. I've read it on the way here, actually. I think it was like the difference between success and failure is the one is those who give up. Mm. There's ones that fail and give up. Mm. And it's like if you do fail and give up, you're never going to get where you're going to want to be. Mm. And if you don't put yourself out there, to you know, because a lot of people won't even try it because they're scared of failure. 100%. 100%. And off the back of that, putting yourself out there is one thing that, the, the transition that I've been through is that for a long time, I didn't have anyone to talk to about my what I cared about, my passion. Don't get me wrong. All my friends, I love my friends, and I engage in good conversation with them, have mm. a laugh and so on. But a part of me was always very interested in personal development. Mm. But the, the circle of friends and the tribe I was in weren't interested in I know in exactly that. what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. And that's why I love 530 Club. Yeah. Like, we both love it. So I'm, I'm actually, um, I mean, we're starting a 530 Club podcast. I don't know if you know that. Oh, yeah. Ori and I. But I'll bring, yeah, I've got to bring Ori on to talk about it because anyone who listens to the show regularly has probably heard me talk about it multiple yeah. times. I've yeah. just never broken down what it actually is. Yeah. It's literally just you get up at five o'clock and you meet people at a, at a cafe at 530. There's exactly no, that. No membership fees. There's no business. It's just. It's just good energy and yeah. good people. And then it's like big man, Kerbin Ray. One of his biggest quotes is, your network is your network. Yeah, that's a huge one. Massive. Yeah. And it's something that resonates with me massively. And like, it's even like growing up, you are the, you are the, the sum of the five people you hang around. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, if you're a bit of an idiot, if you're five, five of your mates are idiots, you're an idiot. It's a good chance you're an idiot as well. If five of your mates are going out drinking every night, there's a good chance you're going to go drinking every night. Exactly that. And it's like, you can be sucked in to places that aren't, don't align with your values, don't align with your because of psychology and our nature and evolution. It's what we do. It's, mm. we're, we're, it's the herd mentality, isn't it? You, yeah. you do exactly what the, tri- the herd does as well. And um, the thing is, right, this building better relationships comes down to your personal life. Because a lot of people are too focused on their work life. So you can actually improve your work life by improving your personal life, right? They go hand in hand, don't they? If you're happy, you're probably going to do a lot better work than yeah. if you're miserable. Like, and the big, I think a big part of that is building stronger relationships with people around you. 100%. And like-minded people and people that have the same goals and aspirations as you. Mm. Entrepreneurship, obviously what we're both trying to do, can be a very lonely place at times because you're only one percent. Hands down, it's the it was the hardest part about me. Yeah, me, starting and my business. You people don't care about it. You what you love talking about, what you've got on in your head. Nine times out of ten, nine times out of ten, nine of your mates don't care, mm. and that's not good or bad. It just is. Mm. It just is what it is. Do you know what I mean? And it's not their. Yeah. It's not fault of them. You have a relationship with them to a certain capacity that. They're not going to be interested in that, which is okay. But that's why it's so important for you to find this community. If you can't find it in person, 
there's communities online. Mm. Everything that you want, there is community for it online. You just mm. need to find it. And once you find it, make the most of it. Engage. Yeah. And as you say, like you might have buddies that you just go out drinking with and then you might have the 530 Club people. You might have your fitness friends. You might have different facets of friends that oh. share different interests, right? I've got loads. Yeah. I've got loads. Like, I play football. I still play football with my friends. We played, and I was in a pub on Sunday, chanting football songs. Mm. And then the following day, I'm up at five thirty working my business. Yeah. And then on the Thursday night, I was at an entrepreneurship dinner with really cool people. Mm. And it's a case of understanding. Okay, where do your passions lie? Where Where are these tribes that you want to be part of? And just making sure you divide your time equally. And it might cost a little bit, right? And that's what you got to invest in yourself. And I know this is a, a marketing tactic that people will use to try to sell you. Like you got to invest in yourself. Pay me your money. But it's you do. And, you do. And it doesn't have to be much. Like, you can find – there's cheap ways to invest in yourself. You, yeah. you, know, you can find groups. Like, 530 Club is completely free. Yeah. And, you know? and even follow, even like an information audit on your person, on your Instagram and social media, you can either have your social media filled with people who you – who make you feel bad about yourself, who you're jealous of, who mm. you wish you'd be for materialistic purposes, or you can follow people who, aspire, who inspire you and motivate you because mm. they are giving value. Mm. These pages, they're giving value. They're giving important insights into how you should be and how, or what you should do at certain ages. Like this podcast, it's value. It's mm. you're giving people advice of what you wish you had at your age. Pretty much, yeah. I'm doing the same thing with my value. It's educating people around health, mindset, diet. What I was interested in, my pain, mm. and it, you don't have to pay for any of it. You can get everything you need from even just making sure you're. The information you receive is positive and inspiring information. Yeah, and look, information like I have so much free information out there, mm. right? And I mean, the, the whole purpose of like my business model. Once again, I don't make any money from this, but I'm working on like a six week program for young people. Very yeah. small amount of people can join it. But the point is, you can get as much information from me as as for free. You can honestly, if you message me right now and ask for a twenty minute chat, I'll go and zoom and have a chat with you. Yeah. So there's so much free stuff. And then it's just for the few people who want to go, you know what, actually, I want to pay you some money so you, I can accelerate the process. Yeah. And so if you don't have the money, it just means you've got to work harder. You've got to yeah. find that information yourself, which and is what I did. sacrifice elsewhere. Yeah. And by working harder, you're actually probably going to benefit. Yeah. Because people, I, I'm so glad I didn't have, you know, I mean, I've, I've obviously I've lived in an amazing country with enough money to be, you know, happy. Yeah. But I wasn't that rich. We didn't have super nice cars. I didn't have, you know, privileged money. My parents didn't give me money when I turned 18 and stuff. In fact, I just started paying board and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, I appreciate that. I really pity people who have money. Get every, I know people in uni who get like four, $500 a week from their parents. Yeah. And as a result, they don't work, which means when they enter the workforce, they're going to get hit like a, a truck. Yes. Yeah. They are, aren't they? Mm. You know, that's, that's a big thing, that is. Um. It is mad, isn't it? It is mad when mm. you think about it like that. Um, I was lucky because I, from the age of 16, uh, eight, as soon as I left college, actually, uh, my dad would, my dad would always push me to work. My dad was an entrepreneur. So I've always had that. He was like, grew up, no money from a rough part of England and then moved to the other side of England and had a luck. It was a bricklayer and worked hard as a bricklayer and then got a lucky break to start selling gas mm. when it went from like the government used to sell gas to it being private. Yeah. Saw an opportunity for what it was, ended up earning £550,000 in one year, which is more than the prime minister. Wow. And that is through graft. That's through hard work. And then obviously that then gave him the platform to build 
a, por- a property portfolio. Once you've got wealth, you know, if you're smart with it, you can just multiply it. Exactly that. It's, exactly it, the, that. the first 10,000 followers are the hardest. The first $10,000, the first 10 clients, the first whatever, it's always going to be the hardest. Yeah. You know, the, the, gra- the graph that I've seen is people think success and working in life is, you know, you're born and you work harder and harder and you, and you, and you finally get and you become a millionaire or whatever it is. Yeah. Really, it's nothing, 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 bang. That's a J-curve, isn't it? It's yep. an entrepreneur J-curve. Exactly. Yeah. But most people give up before they hit that momentum. Yeah. They give up before they make any growth. And yeah. They, and then exponential growth after that, isn't and, it? Yeah. And when you see those people who just get to the where they want to be, you only see when they hit the growth. You don't yeah. see them working overnight, their ass off. Overnight success. Yeah. It's the iceberg effect. You know, you yeah. see the tip of the iceberg, but you don't see all the work they've done underneath. Yeah. Because that's the thing, isn't it? I think me and you know firsthand, it is hard work, isn't it? Yeah. It is hard work. I think that's why we're up at 5 o'clock every day to go to 5.30 because mm. realistically, it's going to be even harder to do it in the evening. I remember when I spoke, my, the shout out to Lauren, by the way, for creating 5.30 in Bondi. Yeah, yeah. She bought, she called me out and said, I've got a proposition for you, Ryan. So I went for a walk with her. I was like, I wonder what this is. She's like, okay. I'm starting at 5.30, Club, do you want to be the co-founder with me and come to 5.30 every day? I'm like, are you joking? I was like, is that, is that a joke? Like, yeah. I don't get up. I get up at 7 o'clock, roll out of bed and go to work. Mm. But I'm trying to build a business and I neglect it. And then I was like, look, I'm not going to commit to doing it five times a week, but I will support you. And then within a few days, it was my favourite time of the day. Yeah, same. I love favorite it. Favourite Because you walk out of there at 7 o'clock and think, oh, I've done, I've pushed the needle today. Yeah. I've gone, and then like I said, it's all a case of incremental steps, isn't it? Turning up every day and doing small bits every day. You look at a flight of stairs, you're not just going to jump to the top. Mm. It's step by step, mm. step by step. And you'd walk out of there at seven o'clock in the morning, done an hour, an hour and a half, and I was content. And you've spoken with some awesome people, had some good conversations, you've had a coffee or a drink or whatever. Yeah, and the energy. Yeah. You, you, you absorb everyone's energy there. Because the thing about 5.30 Club is, and anything like that is it filters out anyone who's not motivated enough to get up at five o'clock. Yeah. And look, there's definitely times in my life where I wasn't motivated to get up at five o'clock. Yeah. So I'm not, not, no judgment. Yeah. But if you can push yourself through it and by having that system, it makes it easy. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I've tried to get up early for years and I have, this is the only time I've done it consistently. Yeah. Because there's people there who I'm, who I know who, uh, you know, yeah. they're waiting on me to come and, and I don't want to disappoint you, them. Half the time you get up for the people there as well. Exactly. And so, like, just yeah, it's infectious, isn't it? Yeah, the energy, the energy when you when you found your tribe, and there's no again, there's no of support. So, like, your intuition tells you, mm. these are my people. Yeah, and this is what I want to do, right, with this podcast and um, with Scott and Joe, who I've had on the podcast. You know, we're creating like a an online community of young people that we want to because yeah, it's it's easy for us to say this, but it's like, all right, Ryan, all right, Byron, how do I actually do it? Yeah, because I get that. I totally get that. I hate when you, people just tell you all this stuff and they give you no practical advice. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, my, my advice is start looking, go on meetup.com, start finding Facebook groups or even reach out to, you know, just reach out to people. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, Lauren reached out to you and said, do you want to start 530 Club? Mm-hmm. What if she hadn't done that? Yeah. The club might have never started. Exactly that. And, and that's the thing with the people within the mindset, the space that we're in. And what I want to do, me particularly – the world is abundant. It's the abundance mentality, isn't it? It's mm. like there is enough for everyone to have whatever they want in the world. And it's have you seen the um, Netflix movie The Platform? No. So it's exactly that, right? Is it? It's this horror thriller movie. It was. It's um, subtitled. It's basically this concept. Sorry to interrupt. No, that's but all right. Yeah, come on. I'm expand interested. this point. So basically, there's 
I went, there's a lot of platforms, over 100. Yeah. You're not supposed to know until the end of the movie. Um, but at the, oh, cheers, mate. Yeah. <laughs> that, but basically, people, they opt in to spend 30 days here as an experiment. Okay. Um, or as many days as they want, or yeah. they serve time here. Yeah. And so there's two people on each platform, and you have to spend 30 days there. And at the big, the top platform, in the middle of the platforms is a big circle, and there's a big plate of food, massive plate of food that goes down to each platform. By the time you get about to about platform 50, there's no food left. Yeah. So 50 people have to go 30 days with no food. Wow. The point, the, the the twist or whatever the you know the commentary is, yeah. there's actually enough food for everyone if yeah. they spread it out. The yeah. people on platform one, they eat like pigs. Two, they eat like pigs. They eat, they don't share it. So by the time it gets to fifty, there's fifty mm. other people who miss out. Wow! And it's quite and people they kill each other, they become yeah. cannibals. Like it's a thriller. Yeah, yeah. But it's super interesting, and it's exactly that point. Like there is enough abundance for everyone. And so much, and then and that's the thing. I think in everyone in our space. I want to do well for myself, but I want everyone else to do well because there's so much space for everyone to have that they want. Positive sum game. Yeah. But you can do it. That's what I want to install in people. Like, let alone your own personal self-beliefs about yourself. Shatty limiting beliefs. Shatty that scarce mentality. Like, oh, he's he's taken away from me. No. Hmm. You can do everything you want. You can have everything. So can I. So can you, mate. So can your brother. So So can everyone that you know can have everything they want in this life. And it's just how you see it and how you perceive it. Mm. And that's why, like I said, if you reach out to someone, nine times out of ten, they're going to give you all the advice because they, you even boosting their ego a little bit, thinking, oh, this person exactly. this person likes what I'm doing. They've obviously in the same position where I'm at. Yeah, yeah, of course I'll give them the time. If you reach out and say, hey, I think you're amazing. I want to be where you want to be. I'd love to learn from you. It's even, you're rubbing their ego, right? Yeah, and that's, and that's yeah, what it's lo- about. And these people want to see other people do well because they have the abundant mentality like, Bring everyone else up. Mm. Everyone can have what they want. Yeah. Everyone can have what they want. Which is what we need to be doing in society. Exactly And, and obviously, it just you've got to have some patience and work hard. And that's it. And it links back to the 6 out of 10 life. People, they don't achieve what they want because they're too comfortable. Yeah. Especially in countries like Australia. Yeah. Or England. You know, we've got a good. Yeah. We mentioned yeah. earlier when you went to Thailand, and I've been, I've been to some Asian countries as well, where the poverty is unbelievable. It's sad. It's really, really sad. Oh, it's it heartbreaking. But it makes you grateful of what you've got. And the gratitude obviously a big thing as well, isn't it? But mm. thinking about what you do have rather than what you don't have. Exactly, yeah. Which is massive. Anyways, Ryan, before we wrap up, yep. my final question, which I ask every guest. This has been a great conversation. Yep. I had a lot of fun. Um, it's basically, what would your number one piece of advice be for the younger generation? 16, 17, 18, coming out of high school. Okay. I would say, hmm, I could say loads of things, really. <laughs> I'm scared of someone asking me this question, to yeah. be honest. There's too many things. Feel free to list off a few. Yeah, what I'd say is that don't just do things because you're told. Figure out what it is you want that aligns with your values and your beliefs and what you want to achieve. Don't just do things because you think you should do them mm. and because social norms tell you to do them. And also believe in yourself. I think from a place where from a place where I didn't have much self belief, I didn't have any self belief about what my opportunities were, both in my physical, mental, and opportunities and capabilities. I firmly believe that you can do anything you want in this world now. Yeah, anything you want. Yeah, and again, you just need the clarity and the hard work and the drive to do it. So that would be it. I would figure out what you actually want based on your own personal values and beliefs. And get to work. Mm. And the self-belief is such a big one because I mm. feel like so many people lack a belief in themselves, right? And, it, and I see 
amazing people with unbelievable talent. I see artists and designers who can do this stuff, you know, and they'll be like, oh, I'm st- I saw a girl, actually, we spoke together. If she's listening, shout out. She's studying law in England. Yeah. And you should see her art. It's amazing. And um, she wants to go full-time in art and stuff. And she's like, why, why are you doing law? I just felt like I had to, right? Yeah. And it's like, oh, you should be going full-time in this art. Look, it's it's amazing. And yeah. I, and just a lot of people do not have that belief. And what is it like? What is Kerwin? I don't know if you've done his course, right? He, yeah. He does stuff where you've got to just say, I'm unstoppable. And you say, I am unstoppable, yeah. you know? Well, he answers everyone. as like, hey, Kerwin, how are you? Unstoppable, how are you? Yeah. That's his response because that's the power of self-suggestion, the power yes. of self-talk. Whatever you tell yourself, you're going to become. And do you know what the most common answer in Australia to how are you? Not bad. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad, not bad, not bad, not bad, not bad. What are you hearing? Not bad. Bad. Yeah. yeah. Bad, bad, bad. And that's a reference you're setting for yourself. Yeah. So don't, stop saying not bad, you know? I'm good, yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Unstoppable. The words are coming. When you hear Gary Vaynerchuk, when people say, how are you? He goes, I'm amazing, mate. He goes, or he goes, I am feeling amazing. Like, yeah. And most successful people do that because successful people believe they're going to be successful. It's not cockiness. No. It's not ego. It's self-belief. Yeah, 100%. And that's a massive thing. And like, even like... As a coach, if I meet someone that's going to be like for dieting, same. If you don't believe you're going to be successful in dieting, you're not going to lose yeah. weight. Yeah. If you don't believe that you've got it to make a successful business, you're not going to do it. Mm. And that is complete clarity. You're thinking you need to back yourself, and that's what I say to myself. Everyone, I back myself. Mm. I'm, it might take a little while. It might take longer than what I first planned, but I'm going to be there. I'm going yeah. to do it, and I back myself to do it. How are you going to achieve anything if you don't believe in yourself? Exactly, mate. And that's that, and that would be the key thing to take away. Yeah, I think just self belief. Figure out what you want and believe in yourself and get mm. to work. Have you read Think and Grow Rich? Love it, mate. Change yeah. my life. Oh. Kermit's whole course is on that. Yeah, Think and Grow Rich. For anyone listening, I'm actually haven't finished reading. I'm reading it right now. Oh, mate, it's amazing. It was a book that took 25 years to write. This guy interviewed 500 of the most wealthiest people at the time. 1937. It was published. Yeah. And I think they've briefly adapted it and stuff. But yeah. the core of the message is the same, right? And but the story he shares about his son who was born with no ears. Yeah. Right? And um, he just talks about how he, from birth he instilled in his son, you will listen, you will hear one day. And you know, he started to be able to hear through bone conductivity. If he was close enough, he could hear some vibrations and a new piece of technology came out. And he was one of the only people this piece of technology worked and stuff. There's no science that no. can back this up, but yeah. he's just like, I strongly believe that by in- ingraining that in my son since birth, he was stronger and this is why he's, he can now hear today. That is that book completely changed my life, and that's yeah. probably what that's probably what's installed the self belief that I have now. Yeah, wow. Because of that book and like the even like the mastermind group, like belief, the belief, the desire, the self suggestion, the dis- effective decision making, mm. surrounding yourself by the right people, the mastermind group. Yeah, trusting your intuition. That's a whole different topic. Trusting yeah. your intuition, which is massive. I'm actually connected, good friends with the guy who. He, he turned it into a movie, Think and Grow Rich. He oh, produced really? a movie and he also written two books on Think and Grow Rich, on the person What's who wrote his it. name? James Whitaker. Australian guy. He lives yeah. in, in LA. Um, but wow. if anyone's listening, it's a great book, Think and Grow Rich. I haven't even finished it and I'm saying it's a great book. Yeah. It's, it's changed my life, that book. I think I've invested in one of my biggest coaches, Cohen Ray. Um, his whole course, all the fundamental skills that he teaches is just an adaptation of mm. That book. What, 20 bucks for the book? Come on. It'd be the best 20 bucks you Come on, spend that's that. two drinks. Yeah. That's two pints. Exactly that. Come on. Exactly that. Exactly that. Anyways, thank you so much for coming on the show. And for anyone 
who wants to like, DM you, find out more if they're interested or know someone who might be keen to you know work with you, where's the best place to go? Yeah, so um, best place is Instagram. So my Instagram handle is that diet geezer. Um, also follow our main page, which is that geezer hmm. as well, which is a personal development platform and mental health awareness platform. Um, and then my other two business partners, Stephen Granger, shout out that mindful geezer. Yeah. And Rob Brown for that fitness geezer yeah. as well. So it's we all operate collective as our, as our own, but under the brand that geezer. And we've got big, big things for the future down in online courses and a podcast of our own. Um, but yeah, all, DMs always open. Yeah. And, and DM them. If you've made it this far, yeah. DM Ryan, DM me. Like I answer all my DMs. I'm sure you do too. Absolutely. It's a great feeling to receive, you know, comments or people say, hey yeah. man, enjoy the episode. That's what it's all about, mate. Well, yeah. The one, to build a community, you have to focus on the individual. Mm. One by one. Mm. One by one. So yeah, feel free to message me. And all the way. links will be in the bio. Uh, otherwise, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me, mate. That's it for this episode of the Driven Young Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the entire episode. That means the world to me. And if you got some value out of it, please shoot me a message on Instagram or reach out to me. Or I would love for you to leave a rating or review on this podcast. So make sure you are subscribed and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.